Oh, hello again. Welcome to another cop church here. I, of course, left my Bible clear over there. Ah, got it, got it, got it. Well, I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. And by good, I mean I hope uh, that you all ate way too much. So, today, let's talk about some fruits of the Spirit here. But before we do that, let's kick it off with a prayer. Loving Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for this opportunity to talk about you. And Lord, I ask that today would be an opportunity and a uh, seized opportunity to lift your holy name, to give you glory. Help me to be accurate, Lord, in, uh, in what I speak of today. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would speak through me and that I could just stay out of your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so, <clears throat> this one's been on my mind a little bit lately, and uh, yeah, I don't think I'll get a, give a whole lot of details as to why, but let's just put it this way. There are self-proclaimed Christians out there who do not live like Christians. They don't act like Christians. You know, they, they may appeal to God in a lot of their uh, daily actions and whatnot. But it makes me wonder when I see the fruit, okay? Today I'm going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. When I interact with them, it makes me wonder, is there really a belief? Is there really a relationship with Christ in what I'm seeing here? And you know what? That's that's not... Well, let's see. How do I put this? That's between them and God. It, it's... It's upon me to worry about me. But at the same time, you know, I, I do have a zeal, and I think we should all have this. I have a zeal for the things of, of heaven, okay? I have a zeal for for God. A large portion of what Jesus did in his time on this earth was deal with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Why? Because they were supposed to be the, the, the earthly, earthly representatives of God. And when they didn't do that accurately, of course, Jesus took action against that. I mean, he if you think Jesus was just this nice guy, this kind person all the time, well, that wasn't necessarily the case, but he was never wrong, okay? He spoke truth. And so these guys, he, he called them he called them vipers. He called them whitewashed tombs. And if you don't know what I mean by whitewashed tomb, it's like, okay, I see this this nicely painted up, decorated tomb, okay? Almost like it's disguised to be something else, but what it really is is it's it's full of death. You know, it probably stinks. And so we, you know, a lot of times Christians, we put on this face, this persona that says, hey, I'm, I am holy, you know? I am so holy, but inside we're rotten, we're disgusting, we're vile. When in fact, you know, the Bible says that we're to be holy as he is holy. 
Now, is that possible? No, it's not. But with Christ, it, it, we're a lot closer to it, right? All things are possible through Christ. And that's the only reason that we get into heaven anyway. It's not because of our own righteousness. It's because of Jesus Christ's righteousness. So, I, we got too many of us that live like the world and try to look or sound churchy. Uh, case in point, Jesus said that there are a lot of people who are going to say, Lord, Lord, and he'll say, away from me, I never knew you. So Jesus knew that this was going to happen, that there's plenty of people that are going to put on a churchy outfit, but they're never going to make it into heaven because they're living, you know, uh, a phony life. They try to appear churchy. And you know what? There's a lot of people who, who want the benefits of Christianity, but they, they don't want, they don't want to be different. They still want to live this life. They want to have their cake and eat it too. And they fail to see that really their reward is not in this life. It's in the life to come. Okay. Now we do have reward here. We have fellowship with Christ. Um, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. We have the peace and the love. Well, let's just get into this first. Let's, let's go ahead and get into Galatians chapter five. And I'm going to start at verse 22 and I'm going to read the fruits of the spirit. And then we're going to go back and we're going to see what it looks like. It, we'll call them, say the fruits of the flesh. Okay. So we'll start at the fruits of the spirit, what we should be seeing in the life of a Christian, and then we'll go and we'll see the fruits of the of the flesh. And we'll see what comes from somebody who's not living in the Spirit. So, starting Galatians 5, verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Let's read those again. Okay. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Nowhere in there does it say weakness, as a lot of people perceive of a Christian. It doesn't say weakness. In fact, it says that God has given has given us, has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So there's no weakness here in the life of a Christian. Okay, and these are, these are fruits that should be seen. Now, I have seen in my own life that this has not been something that, uh, you know, I accept Jesus as my Savior, I come to a saving knowledge of Christ, and suddenly, bam, I have all of these amazing fruits of the Spirit and these incredible qualities. That's not been the case for me. These have been things that have happened over time. It has taken time for the Lord to work in me. And these are certainly not constantly seen in me, right? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a work day by day. Every morning His mercies are new 
And they're new for a reason because I need his mercies every single morning. Because I am, I'm a rot, rotting, sinful, nasty thing. And so I need his mercies every single morning. But as I mature in my faith, these should be more evident. The more time I spend with Jesus, the more I should appear like Jesus. When Moses went up the mountain, went up Mount Sinai, and he spent 40 days up there with God, he came down and his face was glowing, visibly, physically glowing. So much so that he actually covered it with a veil. Now, I don't know if that was the right thing to do or not. But the fact is, he spent so much time with God that he was aglow. You and I, the longer we spend with Christ, the more time we spend with the Lord, the more of a glow we should have. There should be something different about us, but there should be an attractiveness about us, a glow. Now on the flip side, let's talk about the spirit. Excuse me, the fruits of the flesh. And Paul says it this way. Verse 19, same chapter of Galatians says, The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And it's not necessarily because they do these things, but because they live by the flesh, and this is Adam's commentary here, this isn't in the word, it's because they live by the flesh. If you have no relationship with the Father and you're not walking in the Spirit, you will surely live like the live in the flesh. And if you're living in the flesh and you have no no room for Christ, you can, you can certainly claim to be a Christian, but that's not really what it is. Jesus is the ultimate example for us, right? And he, I'm reading a book right now that was suggested to me by. Greg Amundsen, and if he hears this, shout out to you, Greg, I appreciate it. And uh, it is about the man, Jesus Christ. In fact, that is close to the title. I don't remember the exact title, but it's something to do with the man, Jesus Christ. And it has to do with whether or not he was fully God or whether he was fully man in his time on this earth. And... I, I can't obviously paraphrase the whole book here, but in essence, what the author explains is that Jesus did, in fact, come to the earth as a man. Yes, he's still he was still fully God, but he chose to live as a man. Therefore, his dependence was on God, and he was filled with the Spirit. Okay, so he was a man like any of us, but he lived a sinless life, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and his full dependence was on the Father. He gave up his own will for that, of the, for that of the Father's. And we should be doing the same thing. We should be living a life 
saying, not my will, but thy will be done. We should live a life of fellowship. If Jesus got away every morning to be with God and to be in prayer before he started his day, how much more do you and I need it? So, because, I mean, because we're fallen, right? We are sinful. We have this sinful nature still. Now, here, here's why I want to talk about this today, because I am seeing way too many people who claim to be Christians but don't show these fruits of the Spirit. And there's a couple of sneaky uh, little acts of the flesh in here. Now, these ones are pretty obvious, right? Sexual immorality. Yeah, okay, that's obvious. Impurity. Debauchery. Uh, witchcraft. Let's see. Dissensions, factions drunkenness, orgies, and the like. But there's some sneaky ones in here, okay? So, And when I say sneaky, I don't mean that, you know, they, we, don't, we don't see them, but what I, what I mean by that is they're more, uh, well, you can disguise them as something else. And you have the ability to live this life and not have them stick out quite so much, okay? L let's talk about a few of these real quick. Idolatry. Okay, well, that's... I don't have any idols. Really? What, what do you do when things get hard? Where do you turn? Do you go to the freezer and grab your ice cream? Do you get on social media and start scrolling? Do you jump on there and start looking at porn? Do you run out and start exercising? the first thing that you go to, that might be an idol for you. If you're not reaching out to God first, you may have an idol that you need to take care of. If something is more important to you than God or takes the place of God on occasion, you may have an idol, an idol problem. Envy. That's... That's tough. I mean, we have this materialism thrown in our face constantly. This person has that. That person has that. And I want it. Am I starting to envy somebody? Envy is a sneaky one too, right? Uh, hatred. Hatred's a nasty one. You know, you can become angry at someone and, it, and you can allow it to fester. And then you lose you lose this kindness, not only for that person, but for anybody else that's associated with that person. Okay, if there's not an attractiveness about you that draws people to faith or draws people to wonder where does your faith come from, then there may be a problem. If you've gotten to the point where you can't stand to look at someone... And I have been there. I really have. I've been to the point where I didn't want to deal with somebody. I didn't want to be around them to the point where I would sit in complete silence if I was ever around these people. And that's not right either. There's no attractiveness there. Hey, that guy claims that... Adam claims that he is a believer and a follower of Christ. But anytime I come around him, he treats me like dirt. Is that living a life full of the Holy Spirit? No, it's not. How do I combat that? 
do what Jesus did. Personally, I got to spend more time in the Word and in prayer and and seeking the one who can cleanse me of these things. Okay, the enemy likes to get in there and get a foothold, and that's what the Word says. Don't give the enemy a foothold. But what happens when you do? Well, you need to call on the one who who is in control of everything. We can see in the book of Job that the enemy isn't allowed to do anything without God's permission. And God can God can redact that permission at any time. If we see what the enemy is trying to do and we seek God, when Jesus died, not only did that grant us forgiveness from sin, but it gave us it gave us authority over the enemy. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, that gives us authority over the enemy. And we still have that authority today. But if we don't recognize what's going on, if we don't know our enemy, then how are we supposed to fight it? If we don't know his, his, uh, his ways, his MO, how are we supposed to combat it? If you don't know what the enemy is going to do, you're a sitting duck. And these right here, these acts of the flesh, these are tools that the enemy uses. A lot of them very sneaky. Okay, yeah, debauchery. Maybe that's not as sneaky, but that's one that these other ones can lead to. It says above here, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. So if we're living in the spirit, we shouldn't be divulging in all of these acts of the flesh. So let's go through these fruits of the spirit one more time here. Love. Love one another. It's as simple as that. It's simple, but it's not easy, right? Love one another. Part of loving, especially for those of you who are in law enforcement, okay, this may come as a surprise to you, but the, in, in Corinthians, in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, it says, love always protects. So as a police officer, as a husband, as a father, part of your job is to protect. And if you're not doing that, not only is that weakness, which is from the enemy, which he wants you to be weak, but that's contrary to love. This is joy. If you've had the joy sucked out of you, that's probably because the enemy is lying to you about something. Something is sucking the joy out of your life. It's, it's a lie and it's from the enemy himself. And you need to seek the Lord and confront the enemy about that lie and go to war. Peace, same thing. I'll say the same thing. If you don't have peace in your life for one reason or another, and I get it, today is a time that peace has been sucked out of a lot of people's lives. And we have to get back to the Lord and seek Him and find out where that peace is being removed, what uh, what tools are being used to remove that peace, and we got to get rid of them. we got to go to war spiritually and get rid of that junk. Forbearance, I don't know what that word means. Sorry. I suspect it means patience. Kindness. Kindness is one that I have a real issue with a Christian 
if this doesn't if this isn't evident in their lives you know one way you can look at this one is uh how do you treat a waiter or a waitress you know are you kind to them do you treat them respectfully and well and is it because you care about this person and you're and you want to be kind to them or is it cuz you don't want to have you know something nasty in your food another one is uh how do you treat people that you don't necessarily care for? How do you treat them? Are you kind to them? Or are there backhanded comments? Do you snub them? Are there issues there? You need to look into that. Because if there's no kindness, then maybe you don't quite grasp, grasp what was done for you on the cross. Goodness, faithfulness. So, God is faithful, right? And this is how I look at faithfulness. Faithfulness is kind of like being trustworthy. Faith is kind of like trusting. Okay, I have faith in Christ. I trust Him. God is faithful. He is trustworthy. Right? So, if this says faithfulness, are you trustworthy? If people tell you something, if they confide in you, that obviously isn't suicidal or homicidal or something like that, if they confide in you, are you keeping that to yourself? Are you trustworthy with the information? Are you trustworthy to show up when somebody needs you? Are you trustworthy in in your uh, in your faith walk with the Lord? Gentleness and self-control. Now I think what's, and maybe this is just a uh, translation thing, I think the word meekness should probably be here. And I'm wondering if that gentleness right there is actually meekness. I guess I should have done a little more research before I got on here. But you know, Jesus said that he was meek, or that he is meek, right? He's not dead. So, he said that he is meek. And I was listening to Jordan Peterson here recently. Previously, uh, I'm a secular person and uh, appears to be coming to the faith. God only knows. But he, he described this meekness, this term for meekness. And, you know, I have heard, I have heard it said that to be meek is, is sort of like a stallion, you know, a very muscular horse that's been brought under control. Okay, so there's a power, but it's disciplined. But Jordan Peterson put it this way, and I think this is phenomenal. He said, meekness is having a sword and knowing how to use it, but keeping it sheathed. So as Christians, I think that we need that as well, especially as Christian men. If you're, if you're a man of faith, you need to be meek. You need to have a power, whether it's physical or spiritual. Spiritual is far more important. To have a spiritual power, knowing that the Holy Spirit dwells within you, that gives you power and it should give you a confidence. But it doesn't mean going and going around swinging a sword and slicing everybody. 
Okay, the, it, the word says of itself that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, slicing, separating even bone from marrow. We need to have that type of power and be confident of it, but we do not use the word to just go slicing everybody. Okay, it has a purpose. And it has a time and a use, and we need to be cognizant of that. In conclusion, if your if your life is not showing the fruits of the spirit, you need to be analyzing your walk with the Lord, and we should be doing that anyway, because David said. In his Psalms, he would, he would go before the Lord and he would say, Search my heart, Lord, to know if there is any wicked way in me. You and I need to do the same thing, and we need to do it constantly. We need to come before the Lord and say, Lord, search my heart and know if there is any wicked, wicked way in me. And then fix it by any means necessary. And that may, mean, uh, that may come by way of trials. You know, it may come by other ways, but... In my experience, oftentimes the way the Lord will mold you and shape you and purify you is through trials. So be ready for that and embrace it when it comes. And if you're showing these acts of the flesh, drunkenness, idolatry, sexual immorality, if you're cheating on a spouse and you claim to be a Christian, you better figure it out and straighten your life out right now because that is so against God and against the church and against everything that Christ and the church represents. I pray for you. I think if we claim to be Christian but we're not living a life of faith and submission to God, then what we're doing is taking the Lord's name in vain, saying, hey, I represent God, and then showing what you actually represent. That's taking the Lord's name in vain. So I invite you to be like David today and ask for God to search your heart out. I'm going to do the same thing. And then when uh, I don't, not if, but when God shows you an area of your life that needs to be purified or burned away or cut out, sliced out like a cancer. Give it up to him. Submit it over to him and allow it to be done. In the long run, maybe even in the short run, but in the long run, you'll be so much better off for it. And that relationship with God is so much more important than any, any acts of the flesh. Everything here is so temporal. God is eternal, and we need to live life as such. Loving Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, providing opportunities for us to share virtually like we do here. Lord, I pray that the listener is blessed by this, that you'll do a work in them, that you'll burn away the stubble so that only what's precious will remain. Lord, if there are new believers, I, I, I ask for your 
your grace upon their lives that they'll see they'll see just how good you are even in the small things because lord you care about every detail of our lives lord may these fruits be so evident and visible in us because of the indwelling of your holy spirit lord that people will come and they will ask us where does your hope come from? And Father, when that time comes, help us to have the right answer. Lord, please bless the listener so that they can be a blessing unto others. And we thank you for, for opportunities to come together in fellowship, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. Go forth, do good, good things, be fruitful. God bless. <laughs>